Welcome to another edition of Matt Sport House. I'm your host, Matthew Anderson. A lot going on in sports, so let's jump right into it. Alabama beat South Carolina with the final score of 47 to 23. Tua went. Tua Tungafaloa went 28 for 36 for 444 yards and five touchdowns. Ryan Alinsky, who ended up getting SEC Freshman of the Week, went 36 for 57 for 324 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. This actually isn't that bad. I mean, that's almost that's almost 60 throws that he threw. So I'm sure after this game, he had his bag of ice on his shoulders. But one of his best throws was to Shai Smith. I think it was like a 20 or 30 yard touchdown throw in between two defenders. I still don't know how that pass did not get picked off, but whatever it took. Two, um, I'm pretty sure those were two upperclassmen defenders too. So I'm surprised one of them didn't at least like you know be able to knock it down. But that's what happened. One thing taken away from that game though is the U.S. the University of South Carolina defensive backs are a liability. Uh, yeah, it got pretty much got shown up. Uh, Israel, I can't pronounce his last name. He didn't play too well. Or J.C. Horn. The Alabama receivers really had a great showing. One of them went. Henry Ruggs went six. Henry Ruggs the third went six. Had six receptions for 122 yards and a touchdown. Devontae Smith had eight receptions for 136 yards and two touchdowns. Um. Tough game for the Gamecocks, right? And then also, I don't know if you all saw, but the Najee Harris run wherever he threw down DJ Wanham, who's the defensive lineman, and then jumped over the safety number 10, USC safety number 10, Roderick Jr. It's a tough game. Like I said, tough game for the Gamecocks. Saban moves on to be 17-0 against his assistant. So pretty much whenever you play against Nick Saban after you've coached for him, just know you're not going to win that game. Like, it's just not going to happen. Maybe he knows your coaching philosophy. Maybe he just knows which buttons to push for your team, which would well, for you, which would automatically defer down to your team. But he does not lose to those assistants. Like I said, looking going into the game, I knew it was going to be the matchup between how those Alabama receivers matched up against those USC defensive backs and the Alabama receivers definitely won that matchup. <sighs> Moving right along, USC will play Missouri next week. Uh, it'll be the SEC Network alternative game. I'm pretty sure that 4 o'clock, if I'm not mistaken, it'll be in the zoo, uh, which is what they call uh, Missouri's football stadium. This is in Columbia, Missouri. And that is Kelly Bryant team. So we'll get to see Kelly B play against Will Muschamp in the Gamecocks again. Also, to stay in the Palmetto State, Clemson beat the Syracuse. I think they call themselves the Syracuse Orange. The final score, 41-6. Trevor Lawrence went 22 for 39. for Therefore, completing about 56% of his passes, which is not great. Uh, he had 395 yards passing, three touchdowns and two interceptions. He has more interceptions this season already than he had last season altogether. So I think, I don't know what that is about, but I'm sure they're working on it because even Deshaun Watson had a lot of interceptions in those years. He made it to the national championship. Well, I know the year he lost. I mean, they won the national championship. I'm not sure about the other year. So sometimes it's like he's willing to throw it up and take chances. And I guess that's how Trevor Lawrence has been playing. Amari Rogers, though, who had a really quick recovery. I think he, he tore his ACL in the spring. He's already back. He had four catches for 121 yards and two touchdowns. He's kind of built like a more like a running back than a receiver. But, I mean, he's obviously that's great rehab timing. And he's a great receiver. He'll probably play on Sundays, too. As a matter of fact, his dad, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it was his dad. It was either his dad or T. Higgins' dad. Pretty sure it's Amari. Uh, was the offense coordinator at the University of Southern Cal. So that goes to show you right there, they have a pretty good background in 
have a pretty good background in um, the offensive side of the game, so he's probably been training him since he was a young kid. But also, T. Higgins was the high catch guy with seven catches for 150 yards. That's another one that comes to receivers. As a matter of fact, he is from Tennessee. I'm pretty sure that he, that the, the Tennessee University, Tennessee or Tennessee University, whatever, the volunteers thought they were going to have him since he was in their backyard, but Clemson came in and snug him right away. And so now he's at what we call wide receiver U. Moving right along, back to the SEC, the Florida Gators quarterback Felipe Franks dislocated and broke the angle during a Saturday night matchup against Kentucky on the road. Even though the team won 29-21, Felipe Franks will be out for about six months, uh, according to head coach Dan Mullen. And so they will have to roll with a junior, Kyle Trask, who came in, completed four uh, passes in a row, let them down the field for the win, although Kentucky missed the field goal. But that will be their guy moving forward. And we're going to see where he can take them. The SEC East is down this year. So, really, I think if, and Missouri has a bowl ban. So, it's really up to, in my opinion, unless the USC can do some drastic, it'll be up to Florida or Georgia as to far as, or Kentucky as far as who represent the East in the SEC championship game in Atlanta that December 3rd weekend. Next week's big matchup, though, is going to be Georgia versus Notre Dame, 8 o'clock game. It's going to be, it's going to be insane. It's going to be down in Athens. Uh, we'll see if Jake Fromm can lead his squad to a win against Notre Dame. Notre Dame looks to get back to the college football playoff this season after getting obliterated by Clemson last season. I was at that game. It was in the Cowboys Stadium. It was excellent. Great, great atmosphere. If you get the chance to go to a college football playoff, always go, even if you got to splurge and buy it on credit. I know that's not the best financial advice, but... It's a really great experience to go out there and see different stadiums and venues and just see a different fan bases and see the different chants and things of that nature. Now to the NFL, Big Ben is out for the season with because uh, he's going to have to undergo an elbow surgery. He's going to have to undergo an elbow surgery. So their quarterback will now be, I think his name is Zach Rudolph, if I'm not mistaken. Zach Rudolph. And it, I know he's one of the Rudolph brothers. The other one plays at Clemson currently as a defensive lineman. So that'll be their quarterback moving forward. It's kind of crazy to think about the Steelers, like two years ago, had Big Ben, Antonio Brown, and Le'Veon Bell. And now they have no Le'Veon Bell. Antonio Brown is playing for the Patriots, who will probably end up winning the champions, oh, no, Super Bowl, technically by NFL standards. And Big Ben is out for the season. So that, that's a big loss for that organization. But luckily, that's one of the better built organizations in the NFL. So they'll be able to sustain whatever, and they'll be right back into it next year. I mean, they still potentially could have. I don't think they would have any chance now. Um, Drew Brees uh, played. They, the Drew Brees, the New Orleans Saints, played the Los Angeles Rams. Drew Brees got his hand kind of nicked by Aaron Donald, who kind of hit his hand. like So they kind of like slapped hands, if you will. Anyway, after the game, they decided they were going to go see a, a hand specialist in L.A., for Drew Brees and it's confirmed he has a torn ligament in his throwing hand and will require surgery so he'll be likely out he will likely be out for six weeks and that kind of sucks for them although they do but they do have Teddy Bridgewater who had, to think in 2015 was a pro bowler he had his own team the Minnesota Vikings he just had a horrific leg injury and they thought they were gonna have to take his leg off potentially but he was able to recover from that so this is gonna be his team until Drew Brees gets back Teddy Bridgewater hasn't, hasn't had extensive how can we say this? Teddy Bridgewater hasn't had extensive like playing time as a quarterback. And so depending on how he plays this year, he might get a start NFL job on another team next year because if he's very serviceable during this time, why would you not pick him up? So something to think about here. Or he might just stay in New Orleans and be the guy waiting for whenever Drew Brees gets his team back up because Drew Brees is getting a little bit older. Moving right along, the Falcons played the Eagles last night. The Falcons won on the game-winning 
toward the end of the game, uh, Julio Jones caught a jailbreak screen and took it about 60 yards, 40, 60 yards. He hit 20 miles per hour, which is extremely fast, folks, uh, especially for human running, obviously, on legs, and nobody was catching him. It, the game started off really crazy because not crazy, really interesting because you had a lot of the star players. You had Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey, all those guys. But Deshaun Jackson and Alshon got hurt by the end of the games, and so the receiving core wasn't exactly what what many enjoy watching. I mean, there's still good players out there, but it wasn't like all the hype of as what you saw from the beginning or what you were expecting whenever you first tuned into the game. Uh, you know, one thing, though, I love seeing Matt Ryan and that offense because Matt Ryan is not afraid to hear that ball out. And it's really nice to see Calvin Ridley coming along. The one announcer said they think he was a little bit too confident at the beginning. I don't know what that's about. They get to interview the players. I don't. And the coaches, because the coaches probably would have are the ones who gave him that little bit of information. But I love seeing Matt Ryan throw it out because he's not afraid to throw that deep ball down the field. And whatever happens is going to happen, but it's not going to be because he's playing conservative. Also, the Eagles have to get that offensive line fixed up because Carson Wentz got beat up pretty bad. And at one point, I think it was Deshaun Jackson was out. Alshon was out. So they were using 10 already. Or, you know, the attempt that they flip over the guy's head for uh, whenever they have medical concerns. And he get Carson Wentz gets nailed in the chest. He can't even go in the tent because there's no room because all the other guys are in there. So they got to make sure they get that because and also Carson Wentz is kind of he's susceptible to be hurt. So you want to make sure you protect him as much as possible. I'm sure that offensive line coach in Philadelphia will be getting at his offensive lineman, telling those guys, y'all can't protect our star, our franchise quarterback, and we're going to have to get y'all up out of here. And that's understandable, too, because they just gave Carson Wentz a new contract. Moving right along to the Ravens, Lamar Jackson is still continuously balling out there, getting them another win. And I know it wasn't the biggest game because they were just playing the Cardinals, who has that rookie quarterback from, where is he, from Oklahoma last year, Kyler Murray. But nevertheless, another win. That team actually looks very good. I think they look the best team in their division. The Browns, the, in that division, you have the Browns and the Cincinnati, Cincinnati Bengals, the Steelers and the Ravens. And right now, the, the Ravens are by far the best team in that division. They're really getting the ball to those tight ends and all of, and obviously Hollywood Brown. It seems like Hollywood Brown and Lamar Jackson are both from that Broward County, Florida area. So you can definitely see that connection there. And I want to say they've probably ran into each other before they obviously met in Baltimore to play. So I know it's great for those two guys. They probably tell plenty of stories in the locker room about, oh, you remember what happened in Broward County? Because Broward County produces a lot of great athletes. That's that Fort Lauderdale area. It's a big area. Kodak Black is also from that area. One thing I've noticed with this is switching gears to the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes is so good. I think that we get kind of used to it. It's like, duh, like he's going to be great. Like, it's just like, it's, to an extent, it's like the Patriots win the Super Bowl again. I say that because this man threw four touchdown passes in the one quarter that they end up having 443 yards of passing. He threw 443 yards all together in that game. And it's just like we think it's normal. We're like, oh, yeah, eh, another good day for Patrick Mahomes. That Kansas City Chiefs team is dynamic. And the fact that they're that good, even with Tyreek Hill, cannot play says a lot. The Sammy Watkins is really stepping up. Now, as of recently, it's just been announced that Jalen Ramsey has demanded a trade after getting after getting to it with head coach Doug Marone yesterday in their loss with, against the Houston Texans. And my guy, Deshaun Watson. Uh, but anyway, he already won a new contract. The team wasn't really before the season. But the team wasn't looking to negotiate that. And he seems to be frustrated with what's going on, probably losing. Because y'all have to think, Jalen Ramsey didn't even lose at Florida State. That guy's a winner. And he, I feel like he probably thinks he can win. It's like this team may not be that, – that team may have reached their peak like two years ago whenever they played the Steelers in the AFC Championship game. 
I think that was Steelers. He was Steelers the Patriots, but I'm pretty sure it's the Steelers. But anyway, so I think Jalen Rams is kind of like, I'm kind of done with these guys. So he demanded a trade. Usually after a head coach gets into it with a player on the sideline, that player, the coach doesn't usually leave. The player ends up leaving because otherwise you're going to hold him there against his will and he's not going to be happy. Some background information about Jalen Ramsey. He was ranked 17 by his fellow peers on the NFL Top 100 Players of 2018. He is a two-time Pro Bowler and a one-year All-Pro. So I am definitely interested in seeing where he ends up landing. Uh, I, I have a lot of thoughts, but I'm not going to say them out loud. We'll wait to see what happens. Also, the Patriots took another win, 43-0, against, pretty sure that was against the Dolphins in Miami. Nobody's really rocking with the Patriots this year, man. That's probably like one of the most, most complete teams. Nobody scored a touchdown against them this season. I know it's been two weeks, and I don't think anybody would score it against them in the Super Bowl either. The Patriots are really like that guy, that team. Antonio Brown looked really good. They got him uh, involved early. I think four catches on that first or second drive. I think it was like, at least, I know it was in the first half, but I'm not exactly sure if it was the first or second quarter. But they, they were like back to back, and then the touchdown. And I mean, he, he, seemed, he seems like he's pretty happy. Although he has just got charged by some doctor suing him for unresolved payments and then somebody else's unresolved payments and then somebody else is, is coming out saying he allegedly had sexual relations or so all of that. Somebody else is coming out with the report of it. So now it's really getting to the point where it's like his name is just popping up in a lot of bad places and that is terrible for your brand. Like, that is horrible for your public relations. So I'm sure his public relations team is working on that. And we will see in the days coming what comes out of that. But as far as, like, on the field, the Patriots, like, they're going to be great. Uh, they like, they're going to have another great year, probably another Super Bowl. And they're kind of looking to see who will challenge them. And I don't think it's too many uh, other teams. The, just to think about it, Antonio Brown, like, they, he just got – he's potentially getting sued. He might have two sexual assault charges, like, pending. They're not I – don't, I don't think this new one's going to be criminal either. I think they're more so civil. But the fact they're doing that, they still go out there and win 43 nothing. And Josh Gordon still is coming along. And Antonio Brown, the thing is, you have to remember, since he was having the problems with his foot from the ice chamber, he still is not, like, completely conditioned like he usually is. So once he gets back to full goal playing, you know, there's nothing like playing football to get into that shape. Once you get to that plan, once he gets to that plan shape, that team will be even more dynamic if that's even possible. And then for everybody loves the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys are looking absolutely great right now. They beat the Redskins yesterday, 31 to 20. Well, yesterday, just in case. Depending on which day you watch it, just on Sunday. They beat them to the final score, 31 to 21. Ezekiel Elliott had 23 rushes for 111 yards. Dak went 26 for 30 for 269 yards and three touchdowns. Devin Smith, I don't know if a lot of you all remembered him from Ohio State, but he was a dynamic receiver deep threat guy i'm pretty sure he was on that same team with michael thomas that won the national championship definitely under urban meyer but he had a, a great route i think it was like it was either a, i think it was a skinny post which is kind of like he runs straight and then you slightly come in either that or regular post he set up josh norman but i think they were in zone coverage but josh norman was the closest guy to him and so he's coming along you know they already have gallup and amari cooper so this team is looking like they're going to play very well this season but they haven't really played too many really great teams. They played the Giants and now the Redskins, which they are divisional matchups, and that's the easiest route to go to the playoffs, win the divisional matchup. We're going to see as they continue to go along this season, but there's a lot of weapons, and Jason Witten keeps scoring touchdowns. And he's excited. He's, he's happy to be out there Monday night booth. He's happy to be back on the field with his teammates. And the Cowboys look all right this year. But at the same time, every year the Cowboys look all right this year, and they find a way to disappoint. So we'll see what they do for the rest of the season. Thanks for listening to another episode of Matt Sporthouse. Uh, see you guys next week.